You're listening to the Weekly Partial Podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah Israel, 5783, 2023. everybody. We're going into the holiday of Shavuos, Chag Matan Teresenu, the time of receiving the Torah. It's a very exciting time. We've spent the last 49 days counting down from Pesach to Shavuos. And finally, we have this very special day. In Eretz Yisrael, we'll be reading on Shabbos Parshas Naso. In Chutz Laaretz, it will still be Yantif, so you will not be reading this Parsha. I'd like to share with you a piece in the Medrash from Parshas Naso, which also relates to Shavuos. How appropriate. Pasuk says, This is a very interesting idea. It's an important parallel, which can be explained and understood as follows, that we have the... Right, Chagmat and Tayr Seinu is the celebration of the time when we received the Torah seven weeks after we had the exodus from Egypt. Seven weeks later, we had the Maimon Har Sinai. We all stood at Mount Sinai together. We received the Torah, had a divine revelation to over a million people. Unbelievable experience. And the Jewish people received the Torah at that time. And we find, our sages tell us, that there was a Mishkan, the Mishkan, the concept of the tabernacle. What is the idea behind it? It is a recreation of Maimon Har Sinai, of the very experience that we had, where we heard Hashem speak, we heard God's voice, over a million people heard God's voice, and then we proceeded to get the rest of the Torah through Moshe himself, through Moses. The Mishkan, the tabernacle, and subsequently the Mishkan in Shiloh, and then ultimately the Beis Hamikdash, the temple, the first temple, the second temple, hopefully soon the third temple, they reenact that place, that ex- that experience of Har Sinai, of Mount Sinai, of receiving the Torah. What's in the center of the Mishkan of the tabernacle? You have the Arna Bris. The Arna Bris is the is the box that contains the golden box that contains within it. The Aseris Hadiris, the Ten Luchos, the Ten Commandments upon the upon the tablets. So, and that's the place where Hashem speaks from. Right? Hashem speaks from between the Kruvim, between the angels that are atop that box. So the purpose of the Mishkan and the Beis Hamikdash, until this very day, that holiness rests. The whole the holiness of that experience rests upon Haramayriya, the Harabais, the where the base of English will be rebuilt, hopefully soon. That experience is there for all of us to access and re-experience. So there's a powerful connection and parallel between the Mishkan and the experience of the Mishkan and Maimon Har Sinai, the experience that we had receiving the Torah at Mount Sinai. And now the Medrash points out that we find in our parashim, parashas Naso, that the Torah says, There is an obligation when it comes to the encampment of the Levites, which is the topic of Parshas Naso. So the Levites, the Levim, they were encamped around the Mishkan itself. You had the Mishkan itself, which was the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, so to speak, of the encampment of the Jewish people. Around them was surrounded the, the Levite camps, the three families of the Levites. Their job was to serve in the Mishkan, to carry the vessels of the Mishkan when they were traveling, 
And then the encampment around that was the 12 tribes of the Jewish people. Now each of these encampments had different halachas, different laws, which required that a, a certain person who had a certain level of impurity had to leave the encampment. So for example, a person who had saras, a person who had uh, leprosy, spiritual leprosy, or he was a zav, which means that for a man it meant some kind of seminal emission came out of him, or for a woman it meant that some kind of unusual blood came out of her. So they were obligated to leave certain areas. They weren't allowed to be in the in the area of the Levites. Right? It's a special halacha that anyone who is impure at a certain level is not allowed to be in the area of the Levites. And this parallels something that has to do with, as we'll see in the Medrash, that has to do with Matan Torah. When it came to Matan Torah, when it came to the receiving of the Torah that Jewish people experienced, so there were certain uh, blemishes. In this case, by the Levites, we're talking about uh, spiritual blemishes, something to do with a physical omission. But there were physical blemishes that were expelled or expunged, really, removed from the human beings, from all of the Jewish people, at the time of Maimon Arsina, which paralleled those blemishes that needed to be removed at, at a later time. So let's see this together inside the Medrash. Very beautiful idea, very powerful idea. And I think that there's a deep lesson for us to take home with this Medrash. Hadaud says the Medrash, this is what it means in the verse. It says in Mishlei, in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 4, There are impurities in silver. Silver is a very precious commodity, something that has a lot of value. Right? We see that it was used in the, in the construction of the Mishkan. There were certain vessels that had to be specifically made from silver. Down to today, we use silver for our our leichter, for our lighting the candles, Shabbos, of, of Hanukkah, etc. But if you want pure silver, if you want pure silver, so you need to remove the dross. What is it talking about in this verse when it speaks of the dross that needs to be removed from the silver? As long as there are impurities in silver, it doesn't have that same sheen. It doesn't have that same glow. It's not as beautiful. What happens when you remove the dross from the silver, so the result is that the silver is more beautiful. It shines. It's, it's something that everyone will praise. After you remove the dross from the silver, that's what the verse means in Mishlei, then it can go out and be made into a beautiful vessel. Now how does that apply? What does this verse have to do with us? When the Jewish people left Egypt, so physically, many of the Jewish people had blemishes that were were permanent serious blemishes, blemishes lama. Why? They were slaves. They would be involved in brickwork. They'd go to the top of a building. So it was very easy. A person could lose his hand. Right? Construction work is not the uh, most safe type of work. It's not the best line of work. 
They could lose a hand because a a, a, a rock would fall on their hand. Or a beam. Or the cement could get in his eye and he could become blind. So that was just the way it was. You know, it's a, there's a human cost for these constructions that were done by the Egyptians. For being slaves to the Egyptians. Okay. Kevin Shabodom in Marsinai. Now they come to the desert of Sinai. They're there to receive the Torah. So what does Hashem say? Is it appropriate that I should give the Torah this beautiful, incredible thing to a, to a generation of people who are they're so blemished? This is... Right, the Torah is a very mechubad thing. It's the word of God. It's very powerful. It's very honorable, right? Those who worked in the Mishkan, the Kohanim had to have, they needed to be beautiful. They needed to be upright. They couldn't have any blemishes, physical blemishes. Why? Because it's an honor for God to that there are more perfect human beings that are serving Him. So Hashem says, V'imamten Hashem v'acherim, if I will wait, let's say, until these people all have children and all the children are not blemished as the parents are, already Mashabaman Taira. Hashem wanted to give the Torah to these people at that time. What did God do? God spoke to the angels and he said to the angels, Go down to the people and I want you to to cure them. Anyone who's blind Make them able to see. Anyone who's missing a hand, give them a new hand. Says the Medjish, I'll prove to you that this is correct. As Yehuda Amar Simon says, How do you know that at the time that the Jewish people received the Torah, there was nobody who was lame? Whoever had been lame was cured. Puzzik says in Exodus chapter 19 verse 17, they all stood at the bottom of the mountain. It's only possible to stand if you're standing on your feet. So if they all stood on their feet, clearly all those who were lame had been cured. How do you know that there was nobody who was missing a limb? Pasuk says, all that the Jewish people, as one, all of them together said, whatever God says, I shall do. Right? How can they say they're going to do whatever God says? If, they don't have, if they're missing limbs, they can't do everything that God says. How do you know that there were no deaf individuals amongst the Jewish people at that time, that they were all cured? Because Pasuk says, and we will hear, we will do, and we will hear. How do you know that there were no blind people? That all the blind people were cured? The nation see, they were able to see the sounds. They saw the the lightning. Simple understanding, they saw the lightning, but they saw the sounds as well. There was synesthesia there. How do you know that there was no one who was mute? The entire nation responded. They all spoke. There was nobody who was unable to speak. If you want to learn from elsewhere, I can prove this to you from another another source. Verse says, 
all of that which I brought, as the Medrash understands it, upon you in Egypt, all of the all of the blemishes that were brought upon you in Egypt, I shall cure you, cure you of them. I am God who has cured you. We see that they were cured. Okay, so let's pause for a moment because this is an incredible Medrash. And I want to understand the depth of what this Medrash is saying because, you know, it's a beautiful idea. They were very nice. They were all cured. Maybe it will be that way in the future. When the, the future redemption, all the people will be cured as well. But I want to I want to try to garner something from here that I can take home with me and perhaps you can also take home with you as far as a lesson of the depth of what is this measure teaching us? What is the when a measure says such awesome things? It's I, I believe the measure here is literal. I, I, I totally believe that we find that we they return to Adam Rishon Kadamachet. They they return to a state of the first man before the sin. So everything was cured. Everything was back to a state of perfection. But on a deeper level, there's another there's another deeper lesson that the measure is teaching us here. And we are focused that for, for the moment on Harsinai. We're going to get back to the concept of the Parsha, of Parsha's Nasa, which has to do with the, the, with the Levites. We're going to get back to that in a moment, but I'd like to just focus on this point. What is the Medrash teaching me by, by, by telling me that in order to receive the Torah, they were all cured? Hashem doesn't want to give the Torah to someone who's blemished. right? So that sounds like a little shitri or superficial, but if we understand this on a deeper level, I think that we could we could we could say it's possible to say that the medrash means to say something very deep and that is that when a human being when a human being receives the Torah the net effect of the Torah if learned properly right they're they're standing there on Harsinai they're standing there not on you know at the foot of the mountain they're they're doing all these different things and interestingly all of the cures have to do with the way that they are acting. They're able to hear. Why are they able to hear? The, the ones who are unable to hear are now able to hear. Why? Because they're submitting themselves to Hashem. They're submitting themselves to God's will. They're all standing. We know. It says, So Rashi there says that when they when they encamped at the bottom of the mountain, they, they were there as one. Right? Vayichan is singular. So the measure is teaching us a very powerful thing. When we make ourselves subservient to the Torah, when we are ma'achet our hearts, and we come together in service of Hashem, so the net result is that we are cured. Now in those times it looked like a physical cure. It looked like they were literally cured. And we'll see that there's a spiritual sickness that also needs to be cured in the next section. Let's do the Levium. But before we get there, the concept is very clear and, and straightforward for us. When we come with the right attitude to, to learning Torah, when we come with the right attitude ser- towards serving God, the net result is that we are transformed. We are transformed. Think about it. Moshe Rabbeinu said to Hashem, "Don't send me. I can't. I can't speak. I'm not a good. I'm not a good talker. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a. I'm not an eloquent speaker." And yet, <laughs> Moshe Rabbeinu, Vayidaber Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu was the, the greatest speaker of all time. This book is called Tairas Moshe. It's called The Five Books of Moses. Right? So he went from being somebody who couldn't speak to somebody who, for all times, the Bible is the, the most, uh, most printed book in, of all time. So his words, 
He was transformed through the Torah from being someone who couldn't speak. We can understand to mean he didn't feel like he was a good speaker, wasn't an eloquent speaker, maybe he stumbled over his words, maybe he had a speech impediment. But he became transformed by the Torah. The Torah transforms the person, the human being, who approaches the Torah with subservience, with willingness to learn, with willingness to be taught, with willingness to be teachable. All these things, they're ready, they're right there at the base of the mountain. Whatever God says, we will do. And what was the result? Their limbs were fixed. The missing limb returned. Why? Because they're ready to use that limb in service of Hashem. The nishma, they're ready to hear whatever Hashem says. I wanna, if I'm ready to use my ears correctly, the, it, it enhances their ability. I become much more, by becoming teachable, by b- becoming subservient, willing to serve Hashem, my hearing changes. Those who are blind become able to see. So I understand this for me. What, it's, what it says to me is that on a very deep level, the Torah transforms me. It transforms what I see. I see with the world differently. I see it through different lenses. I hear the world differently. I have a different... My, my limbs behave differently. I walk differently. Because I'm walking in a Torah way as I become subservient to the Torah. Now let's look at the end of the Medrash, where it turns back to the Levites, and says to us, we find that just like when it came to Harsinai, when it came to Mount Sinai, that all of the physical blemishes were removed, so too, as time continued, and we had a continuous Maimon Harsinai, which was represented by the Mishkan by the tabernacle, which was represented by the Levi camp, which surrounded it, and which was represented by the three machanos, the encampments of the Jewish people, and which today, by the way, is represented by the Yushalayim, Jerusalem itself, and and Haramayria, the Harabais, the the mountain itself has these aspects in it. There's different locations, even on Harabais. Right, of course, there's the holy section, the holy of holies, which it's forbidden to go there. Right, because you have the you we're all impure, but there are other areas even within the Harabayas, which technically are the area of Machna Levia, which if a person would purify themselves, technically it's it's physically possible to go up there according to certain uh, place scheme. It's permitted to go up there. So this is who is sent out of there. Who has to who has to go out of the area, which is the secondary holiness, the area of the Levites, says the Medrash an interesting thing. The fact that there were people who had to be removed, why? Because they were Azov, because they had a certain kind of emission that came out of them, or because they were Tzarua, they had leprosy, they had a certain spiritual disease. This was as a result of the fact that they worshipped the Egel. They, they reneged, so to speak, on their commitment to Hashem. What they had said, Nasev and Ishma before, now they said, Yisrael. They said about the Egel, this is your God who took you out of Egypt. They took back their subservience to Hashem, and what was the result? So they became blemished, and unable to remain in the place of revelation, in the place 
which paralleled Harsina, which paralleled Kabbalah's Torah, receiving the Torah of Mount Sinai, which was the Mishkon, which was the encampment of the Levites. <laughs> Moses sees them and he says, how do we know that they became leprous? Because the verse says, Moshe saw them that they were parua. The word parua means they were, they were unchained. They were wild. Excuse me. So the concept of parua is related to the concept of someone who has leprosy. The verse says in Leviticus chapter 13, verse 45, that a person who is tsarua, he has leprosy, so he has to be, he has to uncover his head. His hair is to become unruly. His head has to be uncovered. So it's a reference to somebody who has leprosy. So until I made the Mishkan, until there was this holiness which parallels Harsinai, the mountain, you know, the experience of Maimon Harsinai, which is the Mishkan, the tabernacle. So you could have Zovin and Misaram, you could have these people who are impure mixed up amongst you. But now that you have a Mishkan, so you are restored. You are restored back to the state of what it was like at Harsinai. You are living in an experience of Hashem. You're living in an experience of godliness. And that requires that those who have a blemish, they have to be removed. They have to go through a process in order to have that blemish for them to be restored spiritually. Right, A person who has tzaraz, for example, it's caused, Chazal teaches, they say it's caused because of Lashon Hara, speaking negatively of others, gossip. It's caused by different aspects of gaiva, of of lack of humility, of egoism. So, these people have to be sent out. You want to receive the Torah? You want to have a revelation of godliness in your life? So, you have to be removed. You have to be sent out. You have to think about your life. You have to go through a process of atonement, of kapara, for the sins that caused the tzaras, that caused the leprosy. Only once the leprosy has gone away, only once you've been cured of your spiritual ailment, then you can return back into the camp, then you can return to have an experience of godliness, of spirituality. So there's a very powerful lesson here, and it's an ongoing lesson, and the Medrash indicates that by not just talking about Harsina, but also talking about the Mishkan, the Tabernacle, and it's something that applies to all of us, as we said, and that is that keeping the Torah, standing at Harsinai, it's Shavuos tonight, we have an incredible opportunity, why do we stay up all night, some people do, some people don't, but no matter what, we spend extra time studying Torah, why? To, to rededicate ourselves, and show our extreme willingness, our extreme subservience to Hashem, we are reenacting what it means, Nasev and Ishma, whatever you say I'm willing to do, I'm going to show that I'm going to, to give up my way of doing things so that I can do it your way. And by doing so, we have an incredible experience, and that experience is that we are transformed. Our hearing has changed. We hear life differently. We hear what goes on in the world differently. We see differently. We see the world through a Torah lens. We see the world through a more godly lens. My actions are different. 
I'm doing perhaps what it looks like on the surface is the same thing as everybody else, but it's infused with a different level of spirituality. It's infused with godliness because I'm always turning my ear to hear that which is God's will. So I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us that we should indeed turn ourselves towards Hashem's will. We should try our best to remove the gaiva, the, the ego that's within us. We should try our best to make ourselves subservient to Hashem and to His Torah and to His will. And by doing so, we should be transformed our hearing, our seeing, our experience of the world and all of our actions. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Chag, a beautiful Shavuos, and a beautiful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.